Yeah. How many, of you, how many of you can relate to that video? How many? All right. You're like, okay, that was, yeah, my last three years ago and then last year. Well, hey, it's uh, great to be here this morning, get uh, kicked off 2019 the right way. And as Cybal said earlier, you have perfect church attendance. So that's awesome. It's like, let's, let's, keep, that, let's keep that going up uh, this year. Um, you know, I, I want to begin uh, today and this year kind of with uh, something new and something a little bit different. I remember when I was a teenager, I was at a Christ and Youth Conference in uh, Gunnison, Colorado, and I remember the conference director one night kind of interrupted the normal flow of CIY, uh, because uh, normally you had worship, and then you had the speaker come out, and it just kind of went like that, and the conference director, his name was Dick Gibson, came out, and uh, between the worship and the speaker coming out, he just said, "Um, I just want us all to pray, it was like 1,100 students and sponsors there, so I want us to all pray, Lord, tonight, speak to me. He goes, we're just going to take just, just you know, five, ten seconds here. We're just going to just, everybody bow your head. We want everybody to pray it together. Lord, tonight, speak to me. And we did that and just felt like every night he came out and did the same thing. Every night that week, it felt like every time we asked, it's like, really, the Lord was speaking. Uh, and, and we were asking. And he asked, he asked us in the Bible to ask him. And so I want to begin with that this morning. So we're just going to take five, ten seconds here. I just want you to pray, Lord, today, speak to me. Lord, today, speak to me. Just pray that right now. And all God's people said, amen, amen. We're going to expect the Lord to speak to us today. And it's one of those things, uh, I just feel like that's the most important thing. Because I think if we hear from him, we might actually do something than if you just heard it from me. So, hey, 2019, a great start to a new year. Love the newness of a new year. Um, We've been uh, talking about uh, change and what we're going to do this year. One of the things we're doing different this year, um, we did this about four or five years ago, and we kind of brought it back this year, is we're going to do a devotional together as a church family. Um, So those are available right out here in the East Lobby after the service. It's uh, devotionals written by Paul David Tripp. And um, it's, it's, it's awesome. In fact, I've had people stop by today and say, this devotional is already, um, you know, speaking into my life and in my heart this year. And so I uh, just want to uh, encourage you, if you haven't gotten on board with that, it's not too late. You can jump on right where we're at right now, or you can even, uh, you, can even uh, uh, you know, just join us today. It's, it's by day. Or if you want to, you can go back to the beginning, go to January 1st and kind of catch up with us. But we want to encourage you uh, to do that, to be a part of that, and to grow with us this year. Because that's one of the things we're going to be talking about today is really growth and change and, and how that is how, what's going to take us to a deeper walk with the Lord. So I want you to be honest this morning, please, and I said this to first service as well, um, and if you don't raise your hand, I want you to know I respect you, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to respect you as well, and if my mic's giving me a problem like this, bring me a handheld, okay, or something, is somebody bringing me one? Oh, just turn around and grab one, I think is what he said. Is it my mic that's doing it? Is it? Okay. Oh, that's weird. It's a brand new mic too. When you spend this kind of money on this kind of stuff, you think, Gosh, it's got to work, right? I Mark, but I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and have this one ready too, so I can just. The things that I want to know this morning is, and just this, just being honest and by a show of hands this morning, and it's gonna do it again, isn't it? Um, is uh, is just by a show of hands this morning. If you want to grow deeper in your relationship with God this year. Like, if you, that, that's something you actually desire. You're like, that would be awesome for 2019 to be a year, then raise your hand this morning. And again, okay, that's awesome. And if you don't have your hand raised, I, I just want to say, hey, 
uh, you know, we, we respect where you're at. We're glad you're here this morning. Uh, we're glad you're dedicated at least to come to church, or maybe you were drugged here by someone who loves you. Uh, that's okay. Uh, but we're going to be praying for you and, and praying that that becomes a desire in your heart this year. Because I think it's a great, great thing when we can say, hey, I want to go deeper with the Lord. And I think deep down inside every human being, inside every one of us, there is this desire for a deeper walk with the Lord. That we, we want to know the God of the universe. We want to know that we are saved. We want to know um, that we are saved and for sure that um, we can better represent Christ in the world while we're still here if we do what he's asked us to do. But one of the things that we have to realize is that to do this, there's going to have to be some changes and some growth in our life. And we call this the process of sanctification. The process of you becoming more like Christ. That is the mark of you truly being saved. That's the mark of you being um, a, a growing people. That the fruit of the Spirit will be on the increase in your life. That the Holy uh, Spirit of the living God would be on the increase. And that means that you would be more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, kind, gentle, more self-control in your life. It's one of those things that it's the evidence of your salvation. It's the evidence of the Lord and God of the universe doing a work in your life. I'm just going to shed that. Is that all right? Since it doesn't want to cooperate this morning. As I was thinking about this, you know, I was thinking about different Bible characters. Like I was thinking about Abraham, you know, the, the patri patriarch of the faith and what he was called to do. You know, he was called uh, to actually leave his homeland and to leave his family to follow Jesus. And I was like, wow, you know, that, that, that took a lot. To, to be able to do that. You know, I was thinking of other characters like Moses. You think about Moses and, and, and the growth that he had in, in, in coming to the Lord and everything that changed in, in his life. He went from like a prince of Egypt to now he's actually uh, one of those that's going to, going to be leading the whole nation of Israel. God's chosen people out of the slavery and the bondage of Egypt and actually going into a promised land that God had promised for all of them. I mean, that, that, that's so awesome. I thought about David, you know, David and the faith that he had. Greater than anyone in, the, in Israel's army, that he would take on Goliath with, with just the little rocks and the stones in his sling. And later someday become the king of Israel. I mean, you think of all of these people that obeyed and followed the Lord, and they went deeper in their walk with him. It was achieved because of the change that was happening in their life. I thought of an obvious one, you, I mean, the Apostle Paul, right? I thought the Apostle Paul, you know, wrote most of the New Testament, and, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a person that was persecuting Christians, actually standing by while they were being killed and slaughtered for their faith in Jesus Christ, and he has a conversion experience, and then he becomes the one that is actually being sought after, and, and people are wanting to take his life because of his faith and belief in Jesus. I mean, his growth in Jesus is stupendous. But as I was thinking all those, I'm like, those are like big names. Like, I can't relate to those people. I don't feel like I'm Abraham, Moses, you know, any of these people. You know, the Apostle Paul, that's kind of a hard comparison for me. Well, these people did and what they sacrificed. And, and I, I began to think about there's got to be someone that's more relatable in the Bible. There's got to be a, a group of people that, that grew in the Lord, that made the changes that needed to be made, that's just, you know, right, right there, but we can't think of who they are. But normal people, you know, that, that, that I could relate to. And then I got to thinking, we missed the most obvious group, the disciples, the disciples of Jesus, 12 ordinary men. Ordinary guys, you know, they're fishermen, you know, blue-collar blue type guys, you know, hard-working type of guys. 
You know, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, some that work for the government on the disciples and maybe the IRS and, you know, maybe even uh, a doctor. And there were some white-collar people there, but a lot of those guys, they were just ordinary guys. I mean, I see them uh, being a group of men that just, just wanted to have that deeper walk with Jesus. And if you take from the time that Jesus called them and offered to be their master, their Lord, their Savior, their rabbi, and you take from that time, clear through the three years that Jesus taught them and trained them and was with them, you see the amazing growth that happens in those men. Now, some of you would say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, this guy Peter, you know, he seemed impetuous from the beginning, and then at the end, remember when Jesus was going through the trials, here's the apostle Peter, and he denies Jesus, denies even knowing him three times. I mean, what a loser, what a failure that guy was, and it's Peter, but wait. Have you ever read the beauty of the end of John's gospel? I think it's like John uh, chapter 19 or 20 there where Peter repents, where Jesus asked him three times. For those three times that he denied him, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And he says, oh, Lord, you know I love you. He asked him a second time. He asked him that same question a third time. Peter, do you love me? He says, oh, Lord, you know I love you. And then what happens just a couple chapters later in a book called Acts chapter 2 is that same Peter guy is preaching to the crowds in Jerusalem. He preaches such a moving message about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says the crowds were stricken to the heart, and they cried out to him, and they said, what must we do to be saved? And he gives them the answer. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins, and then you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Same guy, Peter, ordinary guy. But he grew, and he kept growing. And you can see the changes that happened in his life. Our text this morning is found in Matthew chapter 7. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you're following along in the app this morning, you can just uh, find it there in the app with all the notes and all the scriptures. Matthew chapter 7 is in a uh, passage of three chapters that began in Matthew chapter 5 called the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. Do you know why it's called the Sermon on the Mount? Because Jesus, it says in Matthew 5.1, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down and began teaching them. Okay, so there's nothing super spiritual about that, some secret meaning. It just, he was on the side of a mountain, and so that's why it's called the Sermon on the Mount. So, learned something for Bible trivia this year, for 2019 now. But Jesus was there with the disciples, with the followers that he had just called, kind of young, or earlier in his ministry. But then there were also crowds of people that were following Jesus. And if you get to the end of chapter 7, so understand, Jesus' sermon is three chapters. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you have red letters in your Bible, you just start in chapter 5, and Jesus starts talking. It's red letters all the way to the end of chapter 7. So if you think my sermons are long, hey, Son of God preached longer than me, okay? Three chapters. Mine are only like maybe one, one and a half max. But what's amazing about uh, Jesus is he gets to the end of his teaching in Matthew chapter 7, and it says that the crowds that were trying to figure out, is, is he more than a rabbi? Is he really the Savior, the Son of God, the Redeemer? It says that the crowds recognized that he taught not as their teachers taught, but as someone who had authority. And that's what we're going to read this morning from Matthew chapter 7 from the Sermon on the Mount, beginning with verse 7. Familiar passage, you've probably heard this before if you've been around church. It says this, this is Jesus speaking to the crowds and to the disciples. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And to the one who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? 
Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, this is one of those passages that's been oft, uh, I feel like, taken out of context. One of those passages that, you know, uh, we can make it kind of a health, wealth, prosperity type of deal, you know. Uh, Jesus said, ask for a million dollars and you will receive. Seek a million dollars and you will find. Knock on the door of the bank and it will be opened unto you. And it's like, well, that's not actually what he's talking about here. And then he goes into this part of talking about fathers being good dads. He says, hey, how many of you uh, dads out there, if your son is hungry and he says, hey, dad, can I have some bread? You're going to give him a stone. Here's a rock. Chew on that, kid. You know, he's like, you're not going to do that. Or how many of you, if he wants fish, like, dad, I'm really hungry. I, need to, I could use some meat here. How many of you, if he wants a fish, he's going to say, uh, you know what, uh, give you a serpent. Something that's actually going to bite, you know, something that's venomous and could harm them. I mean, you know, what kind of a dad does that? And then he goes into the next part and he says, how much more will your Father in heaven? Because you, if you who are evil can do that, how much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And he's not talking about money. I mean, you know, some people have more money than others. Some people are wealthy, and that's great. That might be God's path for your life, and that is awesome. Good for you. We're, we're, we're glad you're here this morning. Some of you, your path in life might be that you're poor and destitute and down and out, and, and that's what God's got for you right now in your life, and that's okay. We, we welcome you. We're glad you're here this morning. But it's one of those things that that's not really what he's talking about. He's talking about spiritual things here. He's talking about that deeper walk that we all just a few minutes ago raised our hands and said, oh, yeah, hey, yeah, I think, I think I want that in my life. I want that closer walk with the Lord. I want to know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to actually have a relationship with him. That's what he's saying to ask for. Ask according to the will of God. Ask and you will receive. Seek God and you will find him. Knock on his door and it will be open to you. For whoever asks, receives. To the one who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. That's one of the things that we need to do. And that's where we want to uh, start today in, in 2019. What are some things that we need to understand, some things that we need to know that will help us reach that full spiritual potential in 2019? I want to share three uh, thoughts with you this morning. And the first one is this. You need to realize that growth is change. I want you to realize that growth is change. For all my note takers, that's the one you want to write down. Growth is change. If you're not taking notes, just memorize it. Growth is change. If I want something to grow, if I want to grow in my relationship with God, things are going to have to change. If I want to grow in some other area of my life, then something's going to have to change because growth is change. You see, if you were the disciples, life totally changed for you. When you began to grow in your relationship with Jesus, think about the actions that they had to take. A lot of them left their businesses. Many of them left their families to follow Jesus. They were asked to leave their old ways and their old lives and their old thoughts and to do what? To change. So why? So that they could grow in their relationship with God. So they could have a deeper understanding of what Jesus was trying to teach them. And if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, our passage from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, it says it right there. Ask, seek, knock. Action words, right? You actually have to do something. Ask, seek, knock. There's no neutral state here. There's no state of pause. 
Spiritual growth is active. It takes action steps. And we need to realize and understand that growth is change. If we're going to grow and go deeper in things, then some things are going to have to go and change. You guys have heard that definition of insanity I think I've shared that before. The definition of insanity is to repeat the same thing over and over and expect different results. So if you do exactly what you've done in 2018, in 2018 and you do that again here in 2019, you're going to produce the exact same results that you've had before. And if we're going to be talking about our spiritual lives this morning, then we have to, we have to ask the question, what are we going to do different if I want to grow in my relationship with God? Because something's going to be different because growth is change. Now, let me say this. I've been enough years in ministry now that I have met a lot of people, and I would even say most people, especially church-attending people, would say they want to grow. They, they, they would own that. They would say, yes, they always want to be on the grow with God. They want to grow, but few want to change. That's just the reality of it. Is Yes, we want to grow, but no, don't change anything on us now. Don't make us uncomfortable don't, don't, don't force anything on us that, that might actually push us in one direction or another. It's like I'm safe and I'm comfortable and that's the way that feels best for me. And in the flesh, I agree with you. I, I don't like to be uncomfortable. But the fact is, is that growth is change. And if we want things to grow, then some things are going to have to change. And some people, because they will not change, they will not grow. And I want you to remember that for this year, because I think we're all going to come upon a time of challenge this year, where God is trying to make a change that's going to lead to growth, and we're going to be super resistant to it. We're going to feel like, whoa, wires up here, you got my antennas up here, interference, there's some interference going on here, this is where I'm, I'm going in my life, and this is what I wanted, and that is just not on the agenda. Some of you don't have an agenda, be honest, right? Some of you are just like, yeah, I'm just freewheeling it here. And, and you know what? I'm freewheeling it with the things that I like. I, I, you know, I'm all about me and, and, and socially about me and me and, and my finances and me and my uh, things that I like to do and my hobbies and, and all those kind of things. And so it's going to feel like, whoa, 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 you're, you're asking me to change. You're asking me to sacrifice something, God, to, to actually give up something here so that I can grow. And so it really comes down to that question is, are we going to accept the changes that are needed to grow, or will we atrophy our growth because we won't accept and embrace change? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm being honest with you this morning. Change makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. The older I get to it, the more resistant I get to it. But it's amazing because I have three little girls who don't like change either. And they're 17, 13, and 11. If you change anything that's like tradition at Christmas, you know, they don't like that so much. Sometimes if you uh, reassign duties around the house, that's not my duty. It's a change. You know, it's just, I think it's just a human flesh thing that we're going to battle. But I think it comes into the spiritual life because those things that make us uncomfortable sometimes are the exact things that we need to do to grow. And so we need to understand, we need to realize that growth is change, first thing. The second thing this morning is we need to understand that practicing small disciplines consistently leads to big results over time. Understand that practicing small disciplines consistently leads to big results over time. I believe that Craig Rochelle in his leadership podcast said something similar to that this week. 
And he was talking about how if you'll just do these little things and these baby steps, how they can lead to big things over time, but they have to be done with consistency. So disciplines, what are we talking about? Disciplines, I like to think of them as spiritual disciplines. How about a discipline like this? The discipline that puts God first on our calendars. That actually we're going to calendar our life around our relationship with God. And so we're not going to let anything get on the calendar that's going to be in place of our time with God. That includes guarding our time of devotion. Maybe you're doing the devotion with us to guard that time. Maybe that's what one of them is for you. One of the disciplines is actually doing devotions and spending quiet time with the Lord, just you and He, every day. And that's the whole reason we're doing this devotional this year, is to try to encourage each other to be in the Word and to be having God thoughts every day. And it's amazing how when you do that, those devotions come back up in your mind all day long, and it keeps you thinking about higher things, keeping, keeping your mind on higher things than the things of God. For some of you, uh, uh, it would be a discipline like accountability. Like you actually allow a brother or sister in Christ to sharpen you. You actually allow them to speak into your life. You actually allow them to come to you and say, you know what, I didn't like what you said the other day. That just didn't set well with me. I just didn't feel like that was very sanctified when it came out of your mouth. And so I, I want to call you to repentance in that, but I also want to encourage you to go God's direction with me. And, and, and we could just, I, I could just list this morning. The list could go on and on about all of these small disciplines, when done consistently, can lead to big results over time. But so many times, I think the way we approach this, especially in the new year, is with these big things, right? Yeah, I'm going to do three hours of devotions a day. Two hours of prayer. And I've never tithed before in my life, and this year I'm going to begin with the double tithe. Double tithe, 20%. Now, you think about those things, and it's like, oh, that's ridiculous. Let's start with three minutes of devotional time, two minutes of prayer, and let's start giving 10%. Um, you know, let's, let's just start somewhere, maybe start smaller and grow to something that's bigger. And that's what I encourage you as you're looking at this to think about small disciplines. Small disciplines done with consistency, a part of your daily life, a part of your daily walk with the Lord over amount of time encouraging you that when we get to December of 2019, they could yield big results. And you could actually look back at this year and say, you know what? Man, I feel like I know Jesus better than I ever have. I feel like I love him more than I ever have. I feel like I understand his sacrifice. I feel like I'm living for him. I'm seeing him do miraculous things in my life. In fact, I sit in the pew in January and I was thinking, man, I'm just a nobody doing nothing. And now I'm leading a small group. (laughs) God has actually grown me to a point where I can lead others. You know, I'm serving in the children's ministry. I'm teaching kids Sunday school lessons like every week. It's so awesome. I mean, I'm not asking you to put a lid on it, but I'm saying small, small disciplines. Small disciplines done consistently over time can produce really big spiritual results. Realize that it's those little things and those little decisions that you're going to make that maybe some of you have already made, and then some of you haven't gotten there yet, and hopefully you will today, those small decisions you'll make that will yield a big difference over time. The third thing this morning is that we need to know that a goal without a plan is just a wish. 
A goal without a plan is just a wish. I've learned this in church work, church ministry, and in my personal life. That you can have what you would call all the goals in the world, and they're actually just wishes unless you put a plan to it. Some of us are really good about that. Some of you have been wishing for a deeper spiritual walk with God for years. I mean, that is, man, New Year's resolution or not, that has been like your deal for years. It's like, man, I really want to grow in my relationship with God this year. And you say it, and you intend to do something about it, but because going back to number one, nothing changes, then there's no results that yield the growth. And we need to remember and we need to know that a goal without a plan is just a wish. So if your goal is growth, then you need to ask yourself, what needs to change to get me there? If growth has changed, what's going to need to change to get me there? And I've said this before, because nothing changes if nothing changes. And you will produce those same results as you have in the past. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's frustrating. And, that, and that's why coming into the new year, and, and, and Amy's been good about sharpening me about this. It's like, there are some things that have to change in your life. And if nothing changes, nothing's going to change. And so this is the time where we embrace that and we come up not only with a goal in our mind, but also we're going to put a plan to it because a goal without a plan is just a wish. And honestly, some of you have just been wishing you would grow for years. And you've done nothing to change that. And I I don't want to like sit here and browbeat you this morning. I want to say, hey, that's great. That's the past. This could be your year. 2019. This could be the year for you. But you got to come up with a plan to make the change. And we help you do this here at the church in some ways. If you've been through any of our membership classes and all the new people that you see join during the year that have been through um, Commitment 101, which is our membership class, we kind of give you some suggestions with this. Uh, We call it the three C's of Oakwood. And we ask that every church member do the three C's, put into practice the three C's. And that's something that we do to just try to make it memorable to everybody. And and you'll see that occasionally. And and usually I do uh, mention it in some series during the year. We've even taught a whole series on Celebrate, Connect, Contribute. But those are the three C's of, of Oakwood, Celebrate, Connect, Contribute. Now let me tell you where we got these, okay? When I became senior minister, one of the things that I really felt like the Lord put on my heart about 10 years ago was that I wanted to see people grow in their relationship with God. And, 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 and when the Bible says that you'll never be the same and that God changes uh, and that you're a new creation created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do, I'm, I'm, I believe that. And I want to see that more, not only just in my life and in my family's life and in my, my close friends or even in our church staff, I want to see that in everybody that would come to church and say, hey, I'm a Christian. And so in looking at that, I looked at people in the church that I would call the movers and the shakers, the ones that were mature, the ones that people were looking up to, the ones that were stepping up into leadership positions at that time. And I look at them and I would say, what do these people have in common? I mean, is it just desire? Do they just want more of Jesus? I mean, what are they doing? What are the changes that have happened in their life that are producing the growth results and the maturing results today? And that's where we came up with Celebrate, Connect, Contribute. Because we found out that these people celebrate and worship and they make it a priority in their life every week. They don't come to church once a month. They're like, no, that doesn't work for me. The, do not forsake the gathering together of the saints as it talks about in the New Testament. It, it, it's a priority in their life. And because of that, they make it a priority to be here, to take Holy Communion with the Lord every week, to recenter and refocus their life. 
to be here to worship and sing songs of praise and proclaim the greatness of God, but to also be here to study the Word together and to see that manifest and grow in people's hearts and lives. To celebrate, they also connect. We, we found out that all of them were either in a Sunday school class or a small group, but they were connected to other Christians, and that was a part of their growth and maturity was that they were actually people that were actually in groups, in Bible studies, in classes, and they were growing in their relationship with God. They knew that they needed one another. You know, they realized that it's really hard to be biblical and obey the Word of God and, and grow if we don't change some things. And it's really hard to practice the biblical one another's by yourself. Because a lot of us, we get into this trap, I think it's Satan's plan for us, that we're going to be private Christians. Ooh, I'm a private Christian. Shh. My relationship with God is personal. I don't share it with anyone. And yet, all those people that were growing, that we saw maturing, were the ones that, yeah, it was personal. But they were also opening their lives and their hearts up to other people that were on that same journey of spiritual growth. And because they had a team and a family and a group that was going there with them, it was amazing to see how they were growing together. Now, I know some of you, that is really scary. It's like, celebrate. Okay, I'll make a commitment to be here. I've got perfect church attendance this year already. Check that box. Man, that is awesome. But when you come to connect, some of you are introverts. That is just not your gift. I don't want to go do that. I don't want it to be like Oprah's book club meets church, and you know, we all have to talk and talk about our feelings. I'm telling you, you can sit in Sunday school classes and groups and not say a word. Those teachers don't call on you. They're not, they're not going to call you out your first time and say, I want to hear your personal testimony. I just met you. My name is John, and I want your personal testimony this morning. I mean, you, you, don't, you, you don't have to do that. You just go. But I think at some point, as you grow and as you begin to change, God's going to open it up, even for some of you introverts, that makes you super uncomfortable. He's going to give you a time and a moment where you're going to want to say something in the group or in the class. And you're going to allow someone to speak some truth into your life and to encourage you. And you're going to open up and actually ask for prayer from some people that care. And when that happens, it's going to be awesome. You're going to feel like the floodgates of growth are here because now you're on a journey with some other people moving the same direction. There's some power in that. It's the reason they started this thing called church in the book of Acts. So we celebrate, and then we connect, and the last part was that these people contribute. These people that are growing and maturing, they contribute, and they really contribute in two ways. They contribute in generosity through giving. They, they actually set apart uh, uh, their finances, a part of their finances regularly, and they contribute by using their ministry gifts in service to the Lord. They actually use their spiritual gifts that when you become a Christian, God gives you spiritual gifts and actually use their talents, their abilities, their personality, and everything that God has poured into them as a whole being, and they use that to serve the Lord. They're in ministry. They're on ministry teams. I mean, these people were all over the place. You know, there's like they're in the sound booth, and they're on stage singing, and they're in the children's ministry classroom, and they're teaching in the youth group. And, and when, when we saw that they celebrate, and they connect, and they contribute, we saw this upward trajectory toward growth and maturity in Christ. And the other people noticed their journey. And because of that journey that they were on, it stirred in other people this desire, this deep thing in their hearts that said, you know what? I want some of that too. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning, folks, it's for everyone. It's not just for Bible college graduates, people that were ordained, people that grew up in the church. 
had 25 years of Sunday school on you, have a lot more biblical knowledge than you. It's, it's for everyone. That relationship and that closeness and that depth with Jesus is for everyone. But you got to know that you can have the goal, but without a plan, you're just making a wish. And if your ultimate goal this year is to go deep, I wonder if you could make your goal this year this way. Say it this way. My goal this year is to know Jesus, not just know about Jesus. Because that's my fear, is there's a lot of people that know about Jesus. A lot of you can sit here and tell me all about him. Oh, he's this, he's that, he did this miracle, he went to this place, and, and he turned water into wine, he healed the blind, lame walk, blind see. I mean, I mean, he died on the cross, he rose again. I mean, you can tell me everything there is to know about Jesus. You can say, I know about Jesus, but do you know Jesus? Is he in your life every day? Is he in your heart? Is it one of those things that right now your heart is just heavy because you're feeling this conviction of his spirit saying, you know what? The guy up there holding the mic, he's right. It, it makes me want to change so that I can grow. Understand that growth is change. Because my fear is there's a lot of people that know about Jesus. There's not a whole lot of people that know Jesus personally. And you may say, why is that? Because they don't allow themselves to get close enough to Him. Because when you get close to Him, and you know the power of His sacrifice, it makes you love Him, and it makes you want to serve Him even more with all that you are. It makes you want to grow. It makes you want to make a commitment and to put forth effort and to embrace things that He asks you to change. It makes you want to take actions like asking and seeking and knocking. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, Seek you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And that kind of pursuit will get you in a deeper walk with him in 2019 and beyond. In just a minute, we're going to sing a song. It's called uh, Come to the Altar. And it's about an invitation that God has us to come. Come lay your burdens down. Come out of your sinfulness. Turn away from your sinful lifestyle. Turn away from the things that are holding you back in that relationship with Him. And come to the altar because His arms are open wide. And because He loves you, He accepts you, and He wants to have that deeper relationship with you. And that hole in your heart that you've tried to fill with everything else in this world that hasn't worked for so long, yeah, He wants to fill that void. And so as we sing this song, we have decision guides and elders and, and, and people that are going to be over here on the side. And maybe that's the first thing you need to change this year is, is you know what, I'm going to go talk to somebody about this. I'm going to go get prayer. I'm going to go repent, and I'm going to let somebody know about it. And I'm going to change because I want to grow. And because I understand that to follow Jesus, to grow in Him, growth is change.